Hello and good morning. Good morning. My name is Kathleen Corley, and I think I'm your next guest. Man, listen to the strength of that voice. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder you've got a book that's about ready to move a group of people. (laughs) And I was a voice major in college, uh, vocal choral. Oh, you you totally get pitch, volume, and tone then. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) The magical place we call school. It was magical when I was a child. I married a a teacher, and then all of a sudden, I I didn't hear about the magic anymore. What's happened here? What's happened here? Well, maybe we haven't... uh, shine the light on the pockets of magic as well as we could. One of the tenets of my writing the book was there's a lot of good that happens. We have a lot of challenges, but there's a lot of good things that happen in schools. And people, do you know what teachers are up against? Here, let me list them for you. Wait, let me tell you some stories about it. And you need to appreciate what happens in schools, but still no matter what the the challenges are, the teachers are right there trying their best to do better than yesterday. Yep, yeah, yeah. And and reaching into those students who, who don't want to listen, who don't know how to listen, and, and would rather walk around the room than to sit down and, and learn something new. You have a camera into some of our classrooms, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. If the lesson is engaging and you're teaching at the level that the child understands, you're going to get engagement. You're even going to get engagement from somebody who is walking around the classroom and fussing and trying to show you that he has absolutely no interest in in the lesson. I'm thinking of, say, a first grader or a second grader might uh, be a child with autism, might be a child who has a behavior issue, or might be just a child who isn't socialized to school. But despite himself, he will get engaged in the lesson. It even even happens when you're doing discipline. There there was this boy who would just uh, pitch fits in first grade, and um, the assistant principal and I would go down to talk with him in the the office next to the classroom and he would be stomping around and then try to yell at us or try to try to do other things so i'd engage the ap who uh, went to uh, university of georgia about so do your guys play this weekend yeah who do you play we play auburn and he'd go no no you're supposed to be talking to me yeah well now i've got him though because He's, he's broken down a little bit of his facade there so we can get somewhere. And basically what we say is we would love to talk with you if you're going to be a good human about it. We would love to do that. What do you do in those situations, though, where the, the teacher, uh, you, you give that, that student the attention, but then you've got 29 other students that aren't being paid attention to, and, and then they start messing up because they feel like, well, the best way for me to get attention is to be bad. Absolutely. We have a remedy for that. First of all, our classes are not that big. They're about 18 to 21 or so, which is a nice class size. Uh, the state says they can go up to 30, just like you said, but that's, that's a little uncomfortable, and our district is very good about supplying us with enough support to have enough classrooms for everybody. So if a child is is um, engaged in attention-seeking behaviors, I believe that most behavior 
is communication. Mm-hmm. It's like why babies cry instead of tell you they want milk or they need a diaper change. They would tell you that if they could, but they can't, so they cry. Sometimes a child is trying to tell you something with what he's doing. Often, the child is not getting the attention that he needs at home. I say there are two types of attention deficit disorder, the one that you're used to, you know, ADD, and then I am not getting enough attention, therefore I have a deficit in what I, with the attention that I'm getting, I need some more. Well, let's do that in another way. We can turn it around and only pay attention to him when he's doing something good and like have a pinata party practically uh, because he's following directions and doing what he needs to do. But we're going to need to talk to him and try to figure out what the deal is. But I don't want the teacher to have to do that because she doesn't really have time. That's it. So yeah. like you say, she's, she needs to carry on with her class as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Getting that backstory though, there have been there were times with my wife where 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 parents would come in and say, "You don't need to know his backstory. Just, just teach my child." But yet, but yet in your book, you talk about that back history. Mm-hmm. There's a, we have one parent here who last year said, and I don't remember what the circumstances were, but um, we needed to talk to his son and two or three others about some inappropriate behavior. It wasn't awful. Scale of one to 10 with a weapon being 10, it was a two or a three, but it reached uh, admin level of discussion. And our discussion sometimes are like, okay, so you did this, right? Yes. Um, What were you trying to do? I don't know. Oh, no, no, you need to know. You need to think of it. Don't shrug your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I'll give you a minute. So he thought about it, and then he told me why he did it. And I said, so how's that working for you? (laughs) Because basically that's what it's all about. (laughs) How is that working for you? And then was it worth it? And then ordinarily they go, no, it, it really wasn't. Okay, so he goes home and tells his dad that he got in trouble, and he tells his dad that he talked to me. Dad was furious. We did what we were supposed to do, but Dad was furious. Mm -hmm. You are not to talk to my children unless it's about academics. And I said, no, then they need to go somewhere else. I'm I'm sorry, but my job gets more involved in that than that. And he said, I am telling you that's what I want. And I said, I hear you, and we're going to have to agree to disagree. Okay, so fast forward to this year. New assistant principal, assistant principal calls Dad. Same story. I told Dr. Corley last year that I don't approve of that. And she knows. She understands. (laughs) No, no, no. It was Japanese. It was Japanese. Yes. Yes, I hear you. No, I'm not going to do it. So I sent him a lovely letter that said, in essence, I understand what you're saying. There is no school in the country whose principal will say, that's okay, mm-hmm. unless they are a doormat and they are run over by anybody who ever challenges yeah. them on something, which means they're running a pretty crummy school because if you don't back your teachers, you're nowhere. Wow. You know what we've run into, uh, Doctor, especially here in Charlotte, with uh, it seems like school has become a business. We've got to get students in this school so we can collect state money. We've got to treat it like a business. Give the child what they want because we don't want the child to be taken out of the school. Ooh, yuck. That's that's a I, rough I won't, place. I won't, I won't be applying there soon. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it seems like school is a business, and it makes me wonder sometimes. Uh, I, first of all, I'm very pro charter schools, but is it not a business? 
Uh, it depends how it, on how it's set up. Okay. And and it, it's amazing if you if you dig a little deeper into the charter school um, laws and regulations from state to state. There is relatively the Venn diagram does not intersect a whole lot. Okay. Okay. They are such different rules. At, at the time I was in Massachusetts, charter schools were just beginning there, and they had a rule that anybody, anybody could start a charter school yep. in any town except educators from the public schools. Oh, wow. Like, whoa, unclean? Wow. It's like, hmm, really? We're toxic? <laughs> Were that bad? Really? <laughs> I think it changed. I'm I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't keep up on it. But wow. Yeah. I mean, they had to have come to some uh, facepalm moment where they said, "Why are we doing this?" The thing about this book is the fact that it needs to get in the hands of teachers as well as parents. But more importantly, it needs to get into the hands of these instructors that are going to these uh, these these little uh, institutions, basically, to, to help people out. They're using experienced people as teachers, but they don't know how to teach. What they're doing is they're bringing their experience there. And a book like this teaches them this is how you communicate even to adults. Yes. Yes. Um, most of the problems... I've ever encountered in schools um, where we can't seem that we're at, we're at an impasse about a thing is some sort of misunderstanding or some sort of lack of communication. Sometimes the parent just plain will not communicate with You're us. Right. Like, don't answer the phone, um, change the phone number, don't tell us. We try to have 100% participation in fall parent-teacher conferences. And the teacher says, I've called and I've called and I've called. And I said, okay, now it's my turn. And then I call, hey, are things okay? Yeah, why, why, why do you ask? Well, you know, Ms. Robinson keeps trying to get you in for a conference. And sometimes she gets crickets and sometimes she gets you <laughs> calling back. And then you cancel the meeting. Is, is everybody okay? And well, yes. And I and I want to say, well, then prove it. Yeah, come on down, and and eventually, I mean, she came. It was it was awesome. Wow. Uh, but really, we have to go through this extraordinary meet. Okay, that's what we're going to do. But I don't think people want us to track them down like dogs. Right, right. So next time, could you just answer the woman's phone when the teacher calls? <laughs> there are far more on the other side of this, just saying. There are far more who are first in line. They're first in line to help. They're first in line to volunteer. They're first in line to get to know the teacher. They're, they're human beings. They're not cyborgs or anything. You can talk to them. Yeah. And they have families, too, that they care about. Yeah. My favorite night was always family night when they would offer free food. But if it was just a game night, parents wouldn't come. But they want that free food. And so and I always felt like, okay, so somehow, some way we've got to get food here just to entice the family to come. Feed them and they will come. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, my God, this book is just phenomenal. It really, really is. Now, I got to talk about the Pink Panther theme because what a great idea because I, I it's like a professional wrestler walking in then. 
<laughs> you, you, yeah, you need your, what was it called, walk-up music? That's it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I did walk-up music before walk-up music was a thing. Yay, I'm that old. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because when, when I was in the third grade, one of the reasons why I totally fell in love with Mrs. Stephenson was because every morning she would speak Spanish to us, the very first thing in the morning. And I thought, I've never had this before. And to this day, I, I, I can still hear her voice. That's perfect. She did her job. Wow. It got our she attention. It got our attention. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. There, there are teachers who, who find their way in in all kinds of ways, and sometimes they don't even know. They just don't even know. There was a teacher in Lynchburg who was, um, she was being observed by four other teachers uh, from a different school because she was known to be very creative and, um, and do things that interested kids. So they were doing the, they were making applesauce <laughs> and they were doing it from scratch and they were writing the, the recipe as or the, the steps of the recipe as they were doing it. And it was, it's, we do that kind of thing on, on a regular basis because it, it's a step-by-step thing. You can't just, okay, let's make applesauce, and it's done. Let's eat. No, wait, well, wait, wait. There's some steps here that we're missing. So she had one of those apple peelers. I don't know if you, you've seen it. It's an old-fashioned thing. You, you pl- sort of plug the apple in, yep. and it has a, a, a thing that will peel it in a very, very thin way, and it has a crank. And if you turn the crank faster, you can get that apple through there. And you can also turn it so there, there's a corer there, too. And it just shoves it out the other end, and there's no more peel there. You have to do a little bit of maintenance on the, on the core. But by and large, you have a peeled cored apple. Well, <clears throat> <laughs> there were two of them in the room, and there were two boys who were doing this, and they were fascinated with this. And they, they weren't. They weren't drawing attention to it. They were just doing their job. But they commiserated that I think I can make my uninterrupted peel staying in one piece longer than you can. Oh, wow. And that, that was just a side benefit. And kids will do that to you. You, you, can, you can take a swing in the lesson. You can move. It's, if you depart from the lesson too far, it's called bird walking. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that, as far as I'm concerned. Okay? So these teachers are watching, and these boys say, I can make mine longer. No, I can make mine longer. So they, they take the peels off. And, and she's nodding and smiling. Um, Sandy Red is her name. Sandy's smiling at them. Yeah, like, go ahead, boys. Because she's still in charge of the lesson. She's still getting to teach what she needs to teach. And it's all about this. Yes, more kids are looking at the competition now. And she takes a break for five minutes, and they finish one of the apples. Okay, they start to stretch out the, the skin. And they're like, well, how do we measure it? You're right. <laughs> And there are things that we call non-standard measurements. We use kids' feet. We use their hands. Yep, yep. And then if you know how big your hand is, you measure your hand. Now you know if it's four inches. Okay, that's what it is. And tiles on the floor are 12 inches, so you can figure out what a room is like. So she said, well, how would you figure it out? Well, I want to stretch it out like by a yardstick or something, but it's going to break. Yep, I don't want it yep. to break. So they, as a class, were led to the notion that if you put a string around the skin and then measured the string that is more cooperative, then you can figure out who had the longest 
skin. Wow. So these teachers, now this was a departure of maybe four and a half minutes from her lesson. And she included math in it because, I mean, she just did. Teachers are closing their books. You're bird walking. Like, mm-hmm. why are we here? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, man, you mm-hmm. missed the whole point. Because they couldn't depart. They, they saw that as not useful enough. Mm-hmm. And when I talked to them, I said, what, that wasn't useful? Well, I, yeah, I guess it was useful, but it's not math time. Oh, oh yep, yep, is, yep. Is that how life works? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, no, wait a minute. I can't make change for you for the, the thing I bought for you. Uh, or, no, I can't Venmo you right now because that's math yes. and it's not math time. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> and those boys remembered it forever because yeah. Sandy Red said that one of the boys was a checker at the grocery store years later when he was in high school. And they said hi, they hugged, and he said, I'll never forget the time when we yeah. peeled the apples. Yep. And I won. <laughs> of course, the winner's going to remember it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor, you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Well, thank you so much. Where can people go to find out more about you, the book, and everything else that you're a part of? This may strike you as odd, but the website is called the magical place we call school.com. I love it. I love it. What a departure, huh? Who would have thought? And, and who didn't steal that before you? Come on. I mean, it's you. you. I, <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy who used to buy up all the URLs and oh, like yeah. Exxon and, and like, okay, and I'm holding it hostage for <laughs> $1.3 million. So true. So true. Well, you be brilliant this weekend, okay? Oh, you do even better than that. Okay. Thank you.